Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Get to the Point. I am Joe DeLeon here with the wonderful Sean Anderson. How are you doing today, Sean? Doing all right, Joe. It's freezing cold in Rhode Island. Getting a little sick of the cold, and it's only the last day of November. It only just <laughs> started. It only gets worse. And it's it was actually it was only like 38 degrees today, which is not even close to what we're going to have to bear coming up. But a little bit of an intro leading into some of our personal lives before we start talking some football. But as we had previously talked about, Sean and I had started a club here at the University of Rhode Island for the new sports media program called Anchor Sports Network. And essentially it's a, um, a sports media website where kids can write um, analysis and articles and their own content to produce. And finally, the website is pretty much done. It's up. It's running. Uh, in addition to that, the podcast network is up. We're going to start putting some stuff on there. This is also going to be airing on the Anchor Sports Network podcast network. But overall, completely, it's just exciting finally to get where we are, finally taking that next step. And next semester, we're just going to be completely full go, full steam ahead. Yeah, it's really exciting. I can't wait to see what the – and it's a lot of freshmen too. I, I, I really want to see how much they grow because we got at least two more years here, right? Or a year and a half. Year and a half, yeah. Year and a half. I want to see how far they can grow and how many new members we can attract and what other members of the local media we can attract to this uh, website. Yeah, honestly, it's going to be a learning experience for, for the both of us, really, but uh, just an exciting one overall in general. Now, time to talk a little bit of football, and there's some pretty interesting headlines that have come out of the National Football League, and the first one being... Hugh Jackson, who it seems like his name is continuously in and out of the headlines because of what a absolute mess he was. And I'm sure most of you might know he was fired by the Browns. Now he is a Bengals assistant coach. And last night I sent Sean this video from the Rich Eisen show in which I forget which play-by-play guy it was, but he was saying him and Dan Fouts did a... Ian Eagle. It was Ian Eagle. Mm -hmm. He and Dan Fouts were doing a pre-production meeting with him and... Dan Fouts said to him, you know, why haven't you tried using some of the RPO stuff that works really well with Baker that he did in college? And Hugh Jackson apparently just responded with, yes, that's a good question, as if he didn't even consider it himself. So, honestly, do you think that he should still be coaching in the National Football League considering what he's done? Just seeing the way that he interacts with players and the media and his coaching style, I don't think he's a very good coach. I don't think that he understands how to adapt. I think he wants to run it his way, and his way is not even that efficient or effective for a pro football team. He is very stubborn, but he's not smart stubborn like Bill Belichick. He is just kind of in his own world and wants people to adapt to his own world. Would you say it's more stubborn, or would you say he's more blissfully ignorant? Like He almost doesn't even realize certain things should be being implemented and done and done a certain way because the NFL has a certain standard and he just completely fails to do so week in and week out. Blissfully ignorant is a really good way to put it as well. Uh, but even when we were seeing uh, the talks between him and Todd Haley from uh, the Hard Knocks season, it seemed like he was just not open to constructive criticism. He wasn't open to other ideas or opinions. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room where he's clearly not. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. And I actually even talked about it at one point when I mentioned how his presence on Hard Knocks was, and there was one instance in which I think, I forget which player it was, but one player indicated to him like, oh, you should start pulling up film and, and pointing out to the guys that aren't giving a hard effort. 
and then the next shot is him doing that as if he had never been doing that before. And it, it almost seems like every day we've come into practice, that's happened where Coach Flemmer, one of the coaches, will pull up something and show a guy that's not giving that right effort as a way of setting an example and setting a tone. But I, I feel like that's the most basic thing you could need to know, and it just sucks. It, it sucks seeing a guy in the NFL that's supposed to be the best at what he does and he is honestly low, not lowered the standard, but he ma- he makes all coaches to an extent look bad with his actions. I completely agree. I, I wish there was some ounce of professionalism in Cleveland, but it doesn't look like we're going to be able to find any anytime soon. Baker Mayfield appears to be a stud, but he needs some type of coach that can help him develop his game and the team and their overall performance to the next level. While it was buffed after the headline came out, what did you think of the uh, I'm trying to think of ways for this. What did you think about hearing about the Browns potentially bringing in Condoleezza Rice as their new head coach? Ridiculous. It's just the whole franchise is ridiculous. It, that should never would that headline ever come out for the Patriots? No, without would a it doubt, come no. out with for the Steelers? No, no. You know why? Because those organizations are professional. The Browns are a dumpster fire. And they'll continue to be, really, unless they find somebody that actually knows how to lead a football team. It seems like they try too hard to go against the grain and go with something different, and it just doesn't end up working out. I mean, why would a story like that ever need to be broken? Why would something like that ever happen to a professional football team? I wonder where that source even came from. It was reported by Adam Scheffner, but I wonder where he even got that information. God, his, uh, his mole needs to, needs to be removed from the circulation. I, I just really hope he wasn't on their board. That'd be a complete joke, and it would make the NFL look bad. And I'm, and I'm not saying because uh, a woman shouldn't be a head coach, but there are way more qualified women that are currently coaching in the NFL or working in a player personnel role with teams. They should be considered before considering Condoleezza Rice. Makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, and it's a distant memory, and... Why have we forgotten that that even broke? Because it said it was false? No, no, no. I think they just got some crazy backlash and the the pipe dream of getting her to, I don't know, come and help out with the organization and lead them uh, just steered them away to say, okay, no, no shot. I think there was a chance. So are you saying that they were actually considering it and then as soon as everyone freaked out, John Dorsey was like, no, 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 that's not true. Yes. It wasn't happening. That I mean, that makes it even look even more, all the more worse. The whole situation, nonetheless, though, it's it's going to be interesting to see where it goes from here. Hopefully they're smart enough to bring in a head coach and a good offensive coordinator that are capable of taking the huge plays that Baker Mayfield has put out there and take this team to the next level because they've shown flashes of it. They're a 4-6-1 and six and one football team, but at the moment in time, they're not really going anywhere until they get some new direction. Now, this is a little bit closer to home for Sean because – he has some connection to the Redskins because he has to do some writing on them on a weekly basis for uh, Maryland Sports Block, correct? Correct. And this made some pretty major headlines as Reuben Foster was cut by the 49ers and was signed by the Washington Redskins. Now, he has been not guaranteed to play by the Redskins because they're waiting to see how his criminal charges play out. The criminal charges are again for domestic violence. Do you think this was a smart move by the Redskins? to go after Reuben Foster and bring him in. 
I mean, he's a very good, he's a talented player. But just the more news that breaks about this story, the more angry I get because it seems as if no one was considered on the team whether or not to bring this guy in because they all understand he's a distraction. Ha ha, Clinton Dix and um, what's his name? Uh, Jonathan Allen. No, 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 the defensive DJ Swearinger. That's it. Both uh, reportedly said that no coaches considered us or talked to us about him coming uh, because they're the two defensive leaders now. And, you know, he's going to play defense. It's going to be a primary role. No one considered saying, oh, hey, do you think this guy would be a good fit? Nothing like that. It seemed as if it was just a sign on a whim for a good player uh, to help bolster their linebacker core for a guy that might not even play. It's just a Josh Gordon move. I can't stand it. It's a waste of money, and it's just a distraction for everybody. And now it's just getting covered, and the Redskins are back in the spotlight as this clown show team in Washington that can't find an identity, and they have a pretty good defense already. But, hey, let's throw a monkey wrench in here and distract everybody from the productive season that we've had already. It's a ridiculous signing. Do you think that them sitting at 6-5 and five even if Reuben Foster doesn't play or not, do you think them sitting at 6-5, and five, do they have a legitimate chance to win the NFC East, or do you think Colt McCoy at the helm is going to end up hindering them? I think Mark Sanchez should be playing over Colt McCoy, first of all. But they still have a very strong opportunity to win the NFC East. So just bringing on these extra issues and variables that could hinder your performance doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it seems like they were really just trying to fill a hole and try and take advantage of the opportunity didn't really read into the situation well enough and now they're they're getting hit for it they're getting the backlash for it I really don't see much of an impact for bringing him in I don't think he's going to play he's just not going to play a single down just let him be somebody else's problem please let don't make him be our problem if he comes in and he's productive and he's a, a outstanding citizen in DC and he just comes to work every day and does his job so be it I'll eat my words uh Good for you, Foster. Good for you, Redskins. Shame on me. But I don't see that happening. It's just a typical Redskins move. It's another Albert Haynesworth move where they just said, oh, here's a, a, a shiny a shiny new item that we need that just popped up. Let, let's just get him here no matter what. Ridiculous. Now, the next thing that I wanted to talk about is a little bit less of a storyline and a little bit more of something that I think is a little bit underreported. And I think it's going to be really blowing up in the next few months when it finally starts to get going. I don't know how much you might know about it, Sean, but I really started to read into it in the past few weeks. And that is the AAF, which is a new startup league, the Alliance of American Football. And what I read up into it, it's essentially trying to resolve a lot of the issues with the NFL in the sense that there's going to be streaming through the app. You can watch any game wherever you are. Um, some of the other things that come with it are protecting players better and giving them some outlets after football and when they're not on the field. And there's going to be a 12-week season. It's going to air essentially right after the Super Bowl, hopefully not conflicting too much with the NFL. But do you think that this is going to end up panning out? Do you think a, a startup league is going to be able to succeed for once? Will it, will it be tied in with the NFL? Is it like the G League for basketball? No, it's not. It's completely unrelated. It was start by started by Bill Polian and a play-by-play announcer, former broadcaster, and they wanted to essentially 
aim to to create a league that is different from the NFL for a lot of their their big issues that have never been fixed. Uh, I, it'll be cool to see another, I guess, more football going throughout the year. I mean, it's a dead season from February to August, basically, for football. I mean, free agency is pretty fun in March, and then you get the draft in April and May to look forward to. But, I mean, if, if it's going to bring quality football to the screen, I'll give it a look. But the NFL is king. There's nothing better than the NFL storylines. If they're playing quality football in the AAF, uh, I'll, I'll probably tune in. I, I don't know exactly the whole team setup. I don't know what players they're going to choose from. It's going to be... So they the reason why I brought this in was because they did a quarterback draft. They had some weird implications for it, but there's actually some pretty interesting names that have joined these teams. The first one, this is the least interesting, but interesting for us is Jose Duncan's actually... Jose Duncan was signed by the San Diego Fleet. There's, I think there's eight teams or something along those lines, but some of these quarterbacks that were, that were drafted are some pretty big names. You got Christian Hackenberg, you got Aaron Murray... Um, Bishop Sankey is on the San Diego fleet. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Josh Johnson, Matt Sims. Like it, it's all guys that were needing that little bit of extra time to develop, and could have been some pretty talented dudes. So I honestly don't think it's it's void of any talent. It's not like the Arena League where guys almost completely stay away from because they don't want to play in it. And those guys are that a league is filled with Division Two, II, Division Three. FCS products and now there's finally another league for those guys that just weren't ready it almost seems like a developmental league yeah I did I think hopefully I mean that's what a lot of people have been asking for for the NFL instead of preseason just give them a developmental league because they're so sick of the preseason injuries I know everyone in Washington was asking for a NFL developmental league after Darius Geis went down the first game of the preseason so if the AAF can somehow turn into a breeding foster program for the NFL and be able to where they can go and scout talent and it's going to be competitive and it's going to be a legitimate operation then I could see them being successful now different from that them being a essentially feeder league if they're trying to act as their own entity I don't know you know a decent amount of football history so I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know some of how the USFL worked out yeah, no that was a really bad voice crack <laughs> but the, so the USFL was a spring league just like this. There weren't that many teams. And then for whatever dumb reason, they decided to switch over to the fall and compete with the NFL, and that's essentially when they folded when they weren't getting the same amount of viewership. So do you think that at this point in time, in this day and age, that we can have another league competing with another one? Nothing's going to compete with the NFL, but I think the AAF could complement the NFL. You don't think that they might start picking off and poaching no. some players if they if they start to get a little bit of more of a revenue run no you don't think they'd be able not to a chance. Uh, it happened in the usfl it's not a chance they, they were able to get herschel walker they were able to get i'm trying to think who else i'm telling you it's not going to happen i think steve young was one of them it'll just complement the nfl i'll get i'll get a, a san diego fleet jersey i'll get a jose duncan jersey <laughs> i'll get one of those I'll, that'll be my favorite team that'll be my team so you don't think though that me i don't know what their their ruling is going to be for college guys coming into the league they might be one of the first leagues because the usfl did this too but they might be one of the first leagues to essentially take out that grace period from high school to college to the pros you don't think if they took that away they could easily just go and sign some some college freshmen that go out there and ball out or like two is the perfect example like two is a sophomore right now and 
a lot of people think he should be able to declare, but he can't. If this was, if the AAF was running for maybe five years, do you think they had, if they had the sources and the money, they, they could go get a guy like Tua to pay him, you know, upwards of five million a year, ten well, million a year? He play there for two years and go to the NFL. No, because you? he. No, but the thing is that Tua. Oh, you saying uh, him go to the AAF and then go to the NFL? Yes. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. We were, the thing is, there's no precedent for this. The only precedent is the USFL, and the guys that were there for a few years ended up dipping because it folded. I'm just letting you know, this thing is not going to compete with the NFL, and if it tries to, it will die. Well, I don't think it's trying to. Okay. Because if it was trying to, it would have done what the USFL did. Apparently, the whole reason why they moved to the fall was because Donald Trump, who owned a team, wanted them to play in the fall, and it didn't work. But you, you don't think at all no. that, it, that a player might be not getting the contract that he wants. Like, like Le'Veon Bell is perfect. What if one team is willing to throw him a stupid amount of money? You can't see a Le'Veon Bell type player? No. Really? No. NFL platform is too big. It's too much exposure. Too big of a fan base. It's the biggest sport in this country. Did you know that this sport already has a sponsorship with CBS and it's being broadcasted on CBS? Good for them. The I'm just big, saying the big they, three league it had, could, had a sponsorship with Fox Sports. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fair. So it doesn't seem like you like this. This no. Or I, it's something you don't like. It, that you don't think it. it's gonna. I, I like more football. I'll root for more football ten times out of ten. I just don't think that if these if this league tries to be anything but a backup or developmental league for the NFL, it's not going to thrive. It could have fans. It could have. Uh, I mean, people like I'll be a fan because I have a connection to a, a player that's in there now. So, but other than that, no. Okay, well, a little bit of a different question here is that do you think this opportunity will give more hope for guys like us that are playing at an FCS school to p- potentially pursue a career playing football? And, you know, do you think that's also going to help bump younger audiences and and younger kids into playing football more because more kids have really swayed away from it. Do you think that's going to help the issue that we we see with with declines in football signups? I mean, do you believe that the AAF will be more competitive than the SEC? What do you mean by that? I mean, the way that you phrased it in the beginning, it seemed as if you were trying to make it seem as if it would be a higher level of competition to possibly getting more exposure and being more respected as a football player. Well, I'm saying like down the road, are they going to be able to steal some guys? That's what I was asking. But now I'm shifting a little bit. Do you think this is is more of an opportunity for some of those guys that slipped through the cracks to go keep playing somewhere? Like yeah, Ho- I mean, like Jose didn't didn't yeah. get any opportunities. Now he's a he was signed right away by the San Diego Fleet. Right, yeah, he can keep playing. I mean, uh, hopefully it will feed him into the NFL. Okay. That's the goal. That's the goal. All of these dudes, if they tell you different, they're lying. All right, I guess that's fair. I could see that. I I, could, I guess I could see that. You wouldn't try to climb the ladder? If I had the opportunity to, if my agent was telling me they were calling for me, yes. But I the the other thing that comes in with that is I think if, if their salaries start to, to increase and there's more of a sense of security there's a more of a sense of opportunities. I think I think more people would stick. I don't. I don't think people are going to stick very long if they if they can't get to the NFL. All right. 
Well, we're going to have to see how it turns out. I'm, I'm honestly going to be watching it pretty closely. But now it's time for one of our more exciting segments and your personal favorite. What is that, Sean? Fat Stats, Joe. Can you say it a little, with a little bit more vigor? Fat Stats, Joe. That sounded really sarcastic. I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> Let's just hear your fat stat. All right. My fat stat was Christian McCaffrey, 125 rushing yards, 112 receiving yards, 11 catches, and two touchdowns. And it's one of his few games that we finally get to see what Christian McCaffrey was supposed to do in the league in which he can be that receiving threat and also be that rushing threat and take over a game. Sadly, they ended up losing to the Seahawks, but I just love watching Christian McCaffrey play. He's shifty. He's quick. He's got great hands. You can put him anywhere you want him on the field. He's just going to keep balling in his second year. He's, he's got way more ahead of him than just this 200-yard scrimmage game. Do you want me to go on my stat? No, go ahead. Go on your guy. Who's your guy? My guy. Painful to say the least. Amari Cooper, wide receiver, now for the Dallas Cowboys. Eight receptions, 180 yards, two touchdowns, and one brutal embarrassment of the Redskins secondary. I'm surprised you picked Torched him. them on Thanksgiving. Torched them. Almost Randy Moss-esque, if I were to say. That's how it felt, watching him go up and down the field on us and just beat the skins. It's a big stat line, his biggest in Dallas yet. 91-yard touchdown in addition. Made Fabian Moreau look like a child on that play because apparently he can't tackle Amari Cooper. He had a big day. Big stat line. My favorite stat line of the week. Yeah, and honestly it was a surprise seeing him come in and finally take over for the Cowboys. I wasn't expecting him to play like that. I don't know about you. You weren't expecting him to... I was expecting him to come and be effective for them. I wasn't expecting to see a a 180-yard, two-touchdown game. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, the whole... All the stats really came from the one run he had, or the one reception he had that was like a 90-yard touchdown, 80-yard touchdown. Yeah, it's like still that. just a dominant play. Yeah. Huge day, huge day for Cooper. Happy to see that he's finally doing better in a team that is not completely falling apart. Now, we got a little bit of upside-downside. We got some interesting ones for us this week. Who is your upside, Sean? My upside, and I'll make this a little brief here because I'm very passionate about my upside. Eric Berry and A.J. Green are going to be back this week, and it just makes me happy. It makes me nostalgic to see them both back on the field because in my highlight of watching football back in high school, these are my two favorite players to really watch. I mean, Julio, his first couple of years, took him a while to get warmed up, so A.J. Green was really the receiver uh, behind Calvin Johnson, and he was just dominant. I'm glad to see him back. I think that Cincinnati is a completely different team without him, and Eric Berry, still probably the most underrated defensive player in the league. Do you think A.J. Green's going to be able to do well without Andy Dalton throwing him? A.J. Green's going to do his thing. He's going to go out there. He's going to catch touchdowns. He's going to moss fools. That's what he's going to do. Eric Berry, he's going to come back and elevate this Chiefs defense to something more dangerous than we've seen all season. All right, so my upside... And I just love seeing teams that go on runs after starting off really poorly. And I, I, they were even my midseason upside, and that's the Houston Texans. They won again on Monday Night Football against the Tennessee Titans. And I just love to see it. They're 8-3. and three. They're having a good time. They're going out there, and they're, they're dominating guys on the offensive side of the ball. And J.J. Watt has been playing like the same guy he was when he was Defensive Player of the Year 
maybe a slight step behind that, but still Jadavion Clowney, all those guys that defense looks the same way it was when they had Brock Osweiler at the helm. It's it's basically back to where they were, where everyone was talking about them as a contender. And again, finally, they're where they should be. No longer Bill O'Brien's on the hot seat. That's a good upside, Joe. It is a good upside. Now, what about your downside? The Jaguars stink, Joe. They stink. Blake Bortles stinks. Fournette is a bum. He's not a bum, but, I mean, fighting in, in Buffalo. You're fighting with the Bills, Fournette. The Jaguars stink. They're wasting the talents of Jalen Ramsey. As people are saying, Jalen Ramsey needs to go. They're wasting the talents of A.J. Boye. They're wasting the talents of everybody on their front seven. They stink. Their offense stinks. Head coach needs to go. Bortles needs to go. They all need to go. Disappointing. They shouldn't have lost to Pittsburgh. They should have beat Pittsburgh. They should have beat Buffalo. This team is underwhelming. They're a disappointment. What did you think of Jalen Ramsey pointing at the Buffalo sideline and going, you're trash, you're trash. He's right. They are trash. <laughs> Buffalo stinks, and you still lost to them. That's a pretty good downside God, considering how so... much they've fallen. It's like almost the opposite end of the spectrum from the Texans. They've just completely underperformed. They started 3-0. and Texans started 0-3. Complete flip in how they've finished off their year. Yeah, Eat your heart out, Duval County. You got ahead of yourself. So my downside is in relation to the New York Giants. And first of all, I know Sean wanted me to say this. And that I said I would do the show shirtless if the Giants won a game. And they won two in a row. And I bailed on that. I didn't go shirtless because, well, frankly, I hate my own body. I'll, be, I'll admit to that. Um, but, you know, I didn't feel like sitting here shirtless. But I wanted to be productive. I didn't want to be talking about my, you know, my my body the whole time. But reg- <laughs> regardless of the point, they lost again to the Eagles in a game that they should have won. Now, that's its own downside in and of itself because they didn't feed Saquon. But I was really mad at the coaching staff until after the game I was doing Facebook Live. And it just made me realize something that... Giants fans, you really have an unrealistic expectation of this team. I was saying at one point that the, I thought I thought that they had the potential to win some more games and potentially win out. And hey. what do you why are you give me that noise for? Hey, you're wrong. I know I was wrong, but I knew in the back of my mind that this team was not good enough to actually do it. They had some momentum, and if they actually did some things right and some miracles, they could have pulled it off. But this team is just not good. And the fact that Giants fans are freaking out over the fact that this team has to rebuild is just obnoxious. Just be patient. Relax. Stop being so up in your feelings because this team's not doing well. How do you think Cleveland feels? How do you think the Jaguars felt for that period of time that they were doing poorly? This team and this organization has been blessed to play in as many Super Bowls as they have in the past 30 or so years. They've played in four, if I'm correct. No, five. They've won four and they, they lost one to the Ravens. Some teams don't even make it to the Super Bowl. Or have not made it whatsoever. The, the, I don't know. Just I feel like that the whole New York fan base and the whole that whole region needs to just relax. It is a process. Like anything, the NFL is a process, and to produce a good winning team takes time. And they have some very young, talented guys that are extremely exciting to watch. 
But they need to develop. They need to bring in some other young, talented guys as well to develop alongside them. In the meantime, just sit down and calm yourself. That's all I have to say. It's a good rant, Joe. So, did you get a chance to look at the? Um, I didn't season weekly average. I just look. I, lo- I looked at it when we started the show. I'm a little. I'm a little sad. To the Anderson faithful, you stuck with me. I came back, took the lead. Joe had a pitiful week. It's a one point four percentage difference. Correct. Joe went five for thirteen on the week. Team Anderson eight for thirteen. Awesome. So now one point four percent difference. I'm leading on the season. Fifty seven point seven percent correct. Joe fifty six point three. Let's get into it. Okay, so we have a decent Thursday night game. Oh, I forgot to say, this is this week's edition of Who You Got. And I'm going to be taking back that throne. All I need to do is one pick better than you, and I take it back. One pick better. That's all I need, you mister. Think so? And I'm taking it back. Saints-Cowboys, decent matchup. Who do you have? Saints. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Saints here. Cowboy. Oh, wait, oops, I almost repeated the game. Falcons, Ravens. Ravens. Hmm. Falcons, Panthers, Buccaneers. Panthers. Uh, yeah, Panthers. Bears, Bears, Giants. Bears. Bears, Bills, Dolphins. I have no faith. Is it Bills, Dolphins? Bills, Dolphins. Oh, I thought New England was heading down that week. No. Oh, my bad. Uh, Bills, Dolphins. Bills. Dolphins, Colts, Jaguars. Colts. Colts, Browns, Texans. Texans. Broncos, Bengals. Who did you choose? Oh, my bad. I, I can't believe I just did that. Texans, Broncos, Bengals. AJ Green's back. Broncos. Why did you do that? I had a little fake out. Misdirection. Another good voice crack. Broncos. <laughs> Rams. Lions. Rams. Rams. Cardinals. Packers. Packers. Got a lot of chalk this week. Uh, Packers. Chiefs. Raiders. Chiefs. Chiefs. Jets. Titans. Oh, interesting. Jets. Titans. 49ers. Seahawks. Seahawks. 49ers. Vikings. Patriots. Oh. Is that Sunday night or Monday night? That's a Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon? That, that yeah. That's going to be a great game. Your cousin's not Brady. Uh, Vikings. Patriots. Chargers. Steelers. Interesting. That's another great game. Steelers. Chargers, Redskins, Eagles. This is Monday Eagles. night. Redskins. All right, well, Why would you? No. that is going to be it for who you got. Now, we don't have any DMs again this week. Because why would we? Yeah, because why would we? Because right. nobody likes us. Why would we? Nobody likes us. People like to hate us. I don't like us. Yeah, I don't like myself either. Gosh. I like you even less. But that's going to be it for Get to the Point. Thank you for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter at GTTP Podcast. 
as well as tune in and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, the podcast app. And then additionally, go subscribe to Anchor Sports Network and follow them on Twitter. It's just at Anchor Sportsnet. And uh, that's about it. What do you got for us, Sean? Do you want to give out the domain name for Anchor Sports? I'm a little bit embarrassed, so no. You can. You can go check out our website. Go to www.anchorsportsnetworks.com. There is an S on the end of the word network, if you were wondering. It was not intentional. One more time for you. www.anchorsportsnetworks.com. No, it's Anchor Sports Networks. You said Anchor Sport Networks. Anchor Do I not even sports, know that? Anchor Sports oh, Networks. I don't even know the name of our website. Anchor Sports Networks. I know we sound like a what a clown yeah. show. Why uh, would anybody go to the website? Oh, uh, it's beautiful though. I, I looked into it. it right we now. can't change it, by the way. Gosh. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful website. Yeah. Well done by Joe DeLeon. Uh, it looks great. If anything, uh, you can go there. Tell us if you like it. Tell if you. Think. Uh, there's a comment section on the posts, so yeah. feel free to do that. Yeah, post coming soon. Look alive for Saturday as we uh, get some posts up, some content up uh, for the URI men's basketball game versus Providence College this Saturday. Big rivalry game, and we're going to be getting you some good content with that. But thank you again for being a part of this wonderful afternoon, talking some football. Stay locked in, folks, and always keep coming back. Thank you.